Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Sarah and I'm hoping by next week we're going to have the new cover art for the podcast, the Evolving Wellness Podcast, but it's still coming in as Carnivore Yogi Podcast. Still going to be me no matter what. And you're probably going to hear some baby noises (laughs) as I record this episode. After releasing the episode with Dr. Chris Palmer this week, I really, really wanted to create a little mini episode to talk about supporting your mental health, especially during the winter. I think that that is the time for me when I can remember days were literally the darkest. And if you listened to that episode with Dr. Chris Palmer, I'll link it in the show notes for you. You heard about my story managing depression and anxiety for years and years and years since a very young age and being heavily medicated, trying multiple medications and essentially getting some relief, but never really getting to the root cause of the problem. And since I have been on a more high fat diet on a more keto carnivore sort of a lifestyle here, and I'll be honest, I did not maintain that through my entire pregnancy. I have really not dealt with those symptoms since I also added in the circadian health aspect. I have also not dealt with the depression, anxiety, and I've actually been really happy. I've actually been feeling really, really good. So it's really important to me that I share this with people because again, when I talk about my history with depression and anxiety, I don't know if people understand how bad it really was. The fact that I had gained 100 pounds in under a year, three separate times in my life, wasn't necessarily due to the fact that I just loved food that much. It was more to the fact that I was really struggling with my mental health. And, you know, when somebody kind of abuses food in that way or other substances in that way, there is typically an issue underlying with mental health. And so I've just become more and more passionate about talking about these things with my audience. So again, I, <laughs> I spent probably an hour yesterday pulling studies to back up everything that I'm saying. I'm going to link all that in the show notes. And I might even talk about and reference some of these studies throughout this little mini podcast episode. But I definitely want to encourage you to read through some of this literature on your own. Because I don't know if you're like me, but when I see scientific research or a study that validates something that's actually worked for me, it kind of motivates me to continue doing that thing. And I'm gonna start with the free stuff first because the first three things I'm gonna talk about are are pretty much free. You know, you don't need to buy anything for it at all. Actually, four of them, four out of the five are completely free. Um, So I want this episode to be accessible to everyone. I don't want you to feel like, oh, I'm gonna do this episode and you gotta go buy a bunch of stuff, no. This is stuff you can start at home today, especially if you're struggling with your mental health. And I just, again, want this to kind of reach the people that need to hear it, especially as we go into winter months, days are a lot shorter, the nights are a lot longer, it's gloomier, especially where I live here on the East Coast, we get a lot of you know cold, kind of gloomy, overcast, rainy days, and that can really affect your mental health. So all these things I'm gonna talk about, again, there's a ton of scientific literature to support them and you can go through that yourself right i'm going to talk about it more on uh, like a a layman's terms i'm not going to go into all these crazy scientific terms just so you can understand them and begin to apply them quick little announcement i did want to pop in quickly before i go into all these things I'm having a holiday sale on my courses. It actually has started now. Um, I'm recording this on the 18th of November. So the code is active now. I haven't announced it publicly yet. 
But because you're listening to the podcast, you can go ahead and use that code HOLIDAY SALE in all caps to get 25% off of my courses. That's going to go through November the 30th. And I'm going to be working on a new course all about nutrition that is hopefully going to launch at the end of December because I know I'm going to try to help everybody. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast. You've already worked on these things that I'm going to do a course about, but there are a lot of people that always want to make these bigger changes in January. So that nutrition course is hopefully going to be available the last week of December. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to that. And again, the link for the courses and that code will be in the show notes for you. But let's dive into these five things that I think are really important when we want to look at addressing our mental health. Again, four out of the five are pretty much free. The first one is going to be circadian rhythms. Now, here's a little tip for you. This is how I do my research, not really scientific And I will say I have a lot of geeky scientist friends, a lot of quantum nerd friends that send me studies that I collect. But if you ever want to validate this stuff for yourself or you're curious about how to find scientific literature, you can go into a search engine and just type in the topic. So for circadian rhythms, you can type in circadian rhythms and depression study. You know, just type it into Google or DuckDuckGo, whatever explorer that you use you're going to find a lot of studies. And so there are, let's see, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven studies that I'll put below this episode that basically talk about how if you have a disruption in your circadian rhythms, you will have some sort of depression, anxiety. It also can lead to Alzheimer's. So this is number one, and it's something that you can do now. So how the heck do you work on these circadian rhythms? Well, it's, it's, simple, right? You want to keep your house dim before sunrise. You want to try to get some natural light in your eyes. You want to try to get some natural sunlight. And then after sunset, you want to protect your eyes from the artificial light. So that could be if you want to go the free route using candles, or you could use blue blockers. Now there are a couple brands that I like. There's a raw optics. I think they're having a sale right now. Um, I think my code is carnivore yogi, but they also have a Black Friday sale. I'll put the link for them in the show notes. And then Viva Ray is also my code there is yogi. I have been telling people that they can use an, a less expensive brand, Spectra 479. I have no affiliation with them. Um, if they're just like, look, I just can't afford the more pricey blue blockers, but I want to get started. That's the brand I'm going to go ahead and recommend. And when I did my podcast on <clears throat> the winter, I talked about kind of how to use these, but when you look at the literature on circadian rhythms and mental health, it's ample, right? So something as simple as just managing your light environment and sunrise and sunset is going to make a huge, huge difference on your mental health. And when you think about it, Let's get down to the the base of why circadian rhythms, and this what's going to lead into number two also, um, why this is such a thing. Because it's going to manage your cortisol patterns and your melatonin patterns. We have two circadian hormones, essentially, that run the show. And, and cortisol, maybe I should just do a separate episode on these. If you want me to do that, send me a message. <laughs> melatonin is one I could talk about for days. I think that is the coolest hormone in the world. And I might do just a completely separate episode on that. But when you can get your cortisol and melatonin 
more intact with your circadian rhythm, it is going to immensely help your mental health. And the reason why is because we make these very, very vital neurotransmitters with light exposure. So sunrise is what tells your body, let's turn off melatonin. And then UVA light is where your body gets the signal for serotonin, dopamine, all these neurotransmitters. Now, my friend Carrie Bennett can really explain how this is a conversion process through the eye, through the suprachiasmatic nucleus, where you aromatize these amino acids and it turns into precursors that turn into these specific things, the serotonin, the dopamine. For a layman, all you need to know is get your sunrise and then you're going to get that natural rise in cortisol just like the sun as it goes up in the sky in the day that's how your cortisol is supposed to rise with the sun and then in the evening you know the sun goes down your cortisol is supposed to go down and be basically out of the way for melatonin because cortisol and melatonin oppose one another so it makes sense for your mental health that if your circadian rhythms are off if you're not getting those light signals for your body to make those critical neurotransmitters then you're going to suffer with some sort of depression and anxiety there's also a uh, an activation process that happens in uva light i'm not going to get into all the scientific terms but that activation process actually makes you feel happier and addicted to the sun. So I know it's cold right now. It's, it was 27 degrees this morning when I was out, you know, doing my grounding and sunrise. And that's nothing compared to some of you guys. And I know I have people in Canada and <laughs> just all over the world where your, your temperatures are way colder than mine. So I, I will give you that. But we're going to get into cold therapy too. When you hear the research on that, you might also change your mind about being so terrified of the cold. But just going outside, getting that light, it can be so, so addicting and it feels absolutely amazing. So it's something you have to kind of start doing in order for you to feel the difference. But as far as mental health goes, it's going to make a huge difference. My little co-host is adjusting himself here. <laughs> So again, I really would love it if you want to find out more on the science of this. Check out some of those studies, but all you need to know as a layman's term, number one in my list of five things is going to be working on your circadian rhythms. Again, we're only talking about mental health, but this can also help you with your metabolism because thyroid hormones are activated during this time. A lot of people that have issues with their thyroid also suffer with depression and anxiety. So in that UVA light, those necessary precursors for thyroid hormones are synthesized. So just by going out in that sunlight when it is between, you know, zero and 10 degrees, that's sunrise, right? That's where you get that signal to turn off melatonin, bring on cortisol in that gradual, natural way, not a crazy, insane cortisol spike. So don't chug your bulletproof coffee before going out there. Try to get the natural light first. Try to eat something, you know, around that time. Get your cortisol in a good spot. And then UVA light is when the sun is between 10 and 30 degrees in the sky. You can download the DMinder app so you can kind of find out when that's happening for you, because it's different for everyone. My UVA time is definitely different than somebody's UVA time in another area. So I can't ever give specific times. And the thing about this, again, before I move on to the next topic, you don't, it doesn't matter if there are trees in the way, buildings in the way, 
it does not matter. You, you do want to try to face east, so you might want to try to figure out where that is. That's how the sun comes up. But if there's a, a lot of stuff in the way, if you live in a big city or you live in a valley and there's mountains, just going outside, your, your body, your eyes are going to get that light signal, and it's going to be a huge, huge boost for your mental health. So I just want to encourage you to do that. I do have a course called Circadian Health for the Busy Person. If you're somebody who works in an office, you have small children, you know, you live in a northern latitude, and you're like, how in the heck can I <laughs> still have these things happen for me? Definitely check out that course. And uh, my previous podcast on the shorter days, longer nights has some great tips in there as well. I'll link that down in the show notes. Moving on to number two, and that's kind of going to go along with circadian rhythms. It's part of the package here, but it's artificial light at night. Again, go onto your local search engine, whichever one that you use and trust. <laughs> Type in artificial light at night and depression. Boom. You are going to get bombasted with studies. And I will put all the studies that I found, and I could have kept on going yesterday, but I have a newborn, so, well, he's six weeks now. <laughs> so, um, you know, my time to research studies and put things together and record stuff is a little bit more limited these days, but I'm so passionate about sharing this stuff with you guys because it's making such a huge difference for me. I do it. Um, but again, artificial light at night is number two. And I know a lot of you listening to this are like, well, how the heck do you do that with a baby? Um, as I mentioned in my shorter days, longer nights video, I wear blue blockers and I keep a little Amber clip on light, which I'm going to actually, let me type that in my notes, Amber clip on. <laughs> I forgot to include that in that podcast episode in the show notes. It's going to be in this one, but I've been talking with my friend, Carrie Bennett, Carrie B wellness. And we talked yesterday because we're putting together a fertility course for next year. We're doing our second cohort. And she's like, how is postpartum treating you? And I, I was like, you know, it's kind of remarkable that I, I had the worst postpartum depression with my daughter. I mean, cried for days on end, didn't want to leave the house, didn't want anyone coming over to visit me and the baby, nothing. I, I felt terrible. And I immediately went back on medications. I had not been on any medications during my pregnancy with her. But as soon as I was, I had her, I was like, I have to go on something. I have to be on medication. I cannot manage this. It's too much. I was a little fearful. That was one thing that was fearful for me bringing in another child into the world. But I'll be honest with you. I've never been happier. I am. And, and what, what the heck am I doing? I'm not even sticking to keto or carnivore right now. I'll be completely forthcoming with you guys. <laughs> I haven't been strict on either one of those things. Um, I've been eating a lot of healthy nutrient dense foods, but I've been including some seasonal carbohydrates like squashes, carbs, things like that. Okay. And I'm still feeling great. So what is it that I'm being strict on? Number one, circadian rhythms. I'm out there at sunrise UVA time as best as I can be. Um, if I don't hit it perfectly on time, I still go outside and guess what? I still feel great. I think that's also because I've been establishing these circadian, uh, I guess principles in my life for the last year and a half now, solid, maybe a little bit longer, maybe 18 months or so. Um, that's a year and a half, maybe more like 20 months I've been doing this. So you know, I have really, really worked hard at establishing these circadian rhythms. And I think that that's carried over. It's, it's a quantum effect. You start doing it. And if you don't do it perfectly, 
you know, you've established it so well in your body that you can get away with a little bit of, of, of give and take here. But as the baby sleeps better, as which he's been sleeping pretty darn well, let's knock on some wood, like for real. (laughs) I don't know if you heard that. Um, but that's what I've been doing, managing my artificial light at night, which I'm talking about here and the daytime circadian rhythms. Those are the things that I have stuck to out of this list. I haven't even, and and red light therapy, which is number five. Um, those are the three things I've stuck to on this list and I've never been happier. I have been just enjoying motherhood so much and this baby. And it's like, maybe it's the fact that I'm 43 and I'm a lot more laid back about things, but I don't have that chemical. If you've suffered with mental health issues, you feel a chemical issue when you are depressed and anxious. And it's like, it's like a cloud just appears over you and you're like, oh my gosh, get rid of this. This is awful. But, but you, you kind of almost don't even know there's a cloud over you. You just have this, this heaviness on your body and, and in your mind that's mental health issues. That's depression and anxiety. And that's what I dealt with for most of my life. I'm just sitting here telling you my testimony. You know, I always say your test is your testimony. I felt like those first 35 years of my life when I really, before I had discovered, you know, healthier diet and and lifestyle changes, um, that was my test. And now I feel like I'm living in the place where I have a testimony. I have to share this with people. I have to get this out there. And so something as simple as getting a pair of blue blockers, I like the, you know, I like my raw optics and my Viva rays, my nice ones, <laughs> but if you can't afford those, okay. If you're just like, let me just see if this actually works. Let me just get a pair of, of the cheaper ones. Get the Spectra 479s. Don't scratch them or drop them because then if you do, they're not going to work. They're going to let the blue light in, okay? But if you're skeptical, get a, get a less expensive brand. Try those out. And after sunset, I want you wearing orange. And then after, you know, 30 minutes to an hour before bed, I want you in the red. Um, before sunrise, orange, you know? And then during the day, I feel like, it's important to not be under a bunch of LEDs and fluorescent lights. And my office workers do have to do that. So that's why I recommend the yellow lenses. But here at home, I don't wear yellow lenses because I don't really keep overhead lights on. I keep a window cracked. I go outside and I take light breaks often. So my body knows what time of day it is. I'm just, you know, the way that I kind of look at things is through the circadian lens now. So I don't try to stress myself out of over it because stress, believe it or not, can lower your mitochondrial function by up to 30%. There is a study that shows that very well documented. So I don't freak out about it, but that's just something that's kind of always in the forefront of my mind. Okay. My light environment, my light hygiene, how can I, how can I support myself here? And it is trickier for some people. But when you look at this literature on artificial light at night, not only is it tied heavily to depression and anxiety and Alzheimer's, it is heavily tied to hormonal cancers, thyroid, breast, um, prostate, endometrial. I mean, so, so many hormonal cancers are tied to artificial light at night. And that is because when you have artificial light at night, it stops the production of melatonin. Again, at some point, and I may even get one of my quantum nerd friends that can talk in higher level about this stuff than I can. My friend, Dr. Gazvini, or again, Carrie Bennett, who I keep mentioning, 
they are masters at talking about this stuff. But melatonin is this amazing, beautiful, underappreciated antioxidant. You cannot get the same benefits from taking it exogenously. You want your body to make this endogenously. But that is what helps with the prevention of cancer, that cell turnover, the cell death, the gut lining repairing itself. So if you have gut issues and you're not sleeping well, that's the first thing you need to work on is your artificial light at night. Because when you have cortisol coming into your body and artificial light creates cortisol, it, it tells your body make cortisol through that suprachiasmatic nucleus. It can also happen um, if your skin is exposed to it or your gut, right? Um, there have been studies that show even light on your skin can cause cortisol to rise. You're stopping that production of melatonin. So there was even a study I found that showed artificial, like even as much as like five lux. So lux is the amount of brightness of your light. So even five lux can raise your cortisol enough to stop melatonin production. So if you've got in your room night lights and, um, you know, we have a panel in our room for the HVAC. What did I do when we first moved in? I took a blackout curtain and I taped over the HVAC. I had to make it like a little curtain so my husband could lift it and adjust it when he wanted to. But that was one of the first things I did when we moved into this house is go into the bedrooms and find all the sources of artificial light because a lot of these new um, electrical outlets, they have a little green light. And it's the green lights and the blue lights that are the most damaging. I think I put a study about that into the show notes for you guys. But the blue lights and the green lights are the ones that are going to tell your body, let's make the cortisol. Red and orange and amber, again, that's why those, those glasses or those colors are going to be the least disruptive to your circadian rhythm. So that's why I use that little amber clip-on light and I wear my blue blockers. Um, can't put blue blockers on the baby. So that's why I use the amber clip on light because I want to protect his circadian rhythms as well. But those, that's what you need to know about artificial light and depression and anxiety. Again, these are all studies at night. I try to also protect myself from it during the day because if you're under, you know, a huge fluorescent light at four o'clock in the afternoon, it's telling your body it's a different, it's not telling your body it's 4 p.m., right? Getting closer to sunset, end of the day, things are starting to dim out, light gets different. No, if you're underneath that light, your body probably thinks it's noon in summertime. And so I am kind of during the day trying to get my body outside into natural light or expose myself to natural light through the day in short bursts, okay? Um, because, so artificial light during the day I think is problematic as well. But artificial light at night, the science is, I mean, I don't ever like to say settled, but the science is definitely ample to show us that it's an issue, right? And it can affect us in our mental health. Number three, I'm not going to go super in depth onto this one. I am going to link the podcast that I did with Dr. Chris Palmer and his book, Brain Energy. I do think a ketogenic diet as therapy can be helpful to people who are struggling with mental health. Now, I'm working on a course right now because I, I, there's a great need after people are taking my courses and asking me things on social media. There's a great need for there to be a course that's not keto, carnivore, low carb. It's more of a quantum nutrition course. I'm working on that now because I, I know that I've attracted people 
that are maybe eating a lot of carbohydrates, right? That, that want to come off of that and do a more high fat diet or do keto in a more targeted way where they're doing it for a mental health benefit. And then how do we transition off of that? Make it, you know, so I'm, I'm working really hard on that again, (laughs) time constraints with a newborn, um, hope to have that finished by the end of December. But Basically, what Dr. Palmer was saying to me in that interview and what I gather from his book is that a ketogenic diet is extremely, extremely supportive of mental health. If you want to do that long term, great. But there's actually research to show, and I feel like I'm an anecdote where this is concerned, that doing it for a period of time and then transitioning off of it, you can keep those mental health benefits. That's definitely held true for me. I, I said in that interview, I went carnivore thinking, okay, I want to, you know, help my gut and I want to maybe lose some weight, blah, blah, blah. What happened was my mental health was better than it had ever been after that first 30 days on carnivore. And I was like, I'm going to eat like this for the rest of my life <laughs> because I feel so flipping amazing. So that is why I stuck to carnivore for so, so, so long. And again, when I came off, strict carnivore, I kept those benefits. So the cool thing about this ketogenic therapy for mental health is if you like it, you want to stick to it for life, you can, but you don't necessarily have to. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to probably this winter go a little bit more keto. I'm kind of transitioning myself there. So I've been eating a little bit less of those, you know, seasonal carbohydrates, the squashes, potatoes, things like that. I've been slowly inking myself down just to see, does it affect milk supply? So far, we're doing good. I'll keep you guys posted. But just, you know, managing my circadian rhythms, artificial light at night, and doing red light therapy on a regular basis have been enough for me to not have any postpartum depression at all, which considering my mental health, you know, background at one point being on as many as like eight different medications to manage my mental health, um, This is nothing short of a miracle. So that is number three. That is going to be Dr. Chris Palmer's book, Brain Energy, and just using ketogenic therapy. Okay, so let's get to number four. This one is a little bit of a harder sell, I realize. So those science (laughs) articles are going to be in the show notes for you. This one is cold therapy. Now, if you have been around my channel for a while, you know I love cold therapy. I actually, believe it or not, I'm getting a Morosco Forge delivered to my house in the next two weeks. They called me yesterday to let me know they're they're arranging the shipping. So this was a, a major gift to myself, and I'll put the forge into the show notes here. I'm just typing it in so I don't forget. <laughs> um, but because I enjoyed cold therapy so much last year, I decided to get this as a gift to myself. I've been saving up for it for the last year since I got pregnant. I said, this is something I'm going to gift myself next year. And it's been a big goal of mine. So I'm getting that cold plunge, but you don't have to have a Morosco Forge to do cold therapy. A lot of you guys living in these Northern climates can just literally go outside. I mean, um, 
I keep mentioning her because she's such a good friend of mine, but my friend Carrie Bennett, she lives in Kalamazoo, Michigan. She she does not cold plunge in the winter. She's made this clear. She goes out barefoot in the snow, which be careful, safety. She's built herself up to this. She takes snow and she puts it on her collarbone, her wrist, mashes it on her face, and then you know goes back inside. That's her version of cold therapy. So you don't need a bunch of expensive gear to do cold therapy. A lot of you guys can literally just go outside. But one of the cool things that I noticed when I was doing cold therapy as part of my preconception, yes, I'd used cold therapy to get pregnant, (laughs) believe it or not, was that I was so happy after I would do these cold plunges. I would stand outside on my deck and it'd be 32 degrees Fahrenheit, so cold, you know, 30 degrees some mornings, and I had been in a 32 degree plunge. I'd stand out there in my bathing suit soaking wet because once you do a plunge, you want to let your body warm up naturally. Um, So I would try to stay out there for a minute or so with no towel on and I would sing. I mean, (laughs) my husband thought this woman has completely jumped. Like, I I don't even know what to think of her now. Um, she's already doing all this, you know, barefoot out at sunrise in her pajamas in the front yard. Cause my old house, the sun would rise in the front yard. So I was usually out in the front yard barefoot, um, in our old house, people would be walking their dogs and they'd be all bundled up and I'd sit out there barefoot <laughs> watching sunrise. So, you know, step two is putting on a bikini in the middle of winter and jumping into ice, right? But what happens when you actually do cold therapy, and there is, uh, I'll put an article down in the show notes for you guys, it increases your dopamine by 400% doing the cold plunge, okay? So you want to talk about a happiness boost, just get in some cold. And again, you can accomplish this um, through just going outside. Sorry, my husband is home and he's he's being loud. He heard, He must have heard me talking about him thinking I'm crazy. And he just wanted to get in on the podcast. Um, There's another study that I put down into the show notes about just an adapted cold shower as a potential treatment for depression. Now, I hate cold showers. I'm not even going to (laughs) lie. I absolutely hate, hate cold showers. Um, Because with a cold plunge, your body actually becomes warm as long as you immerse up to the neck. So with a cold plunge, the secret is going in calmly, going in gently. And I do have a cold therapy course to help get you ready for a cold plunge because a lot of you guys are not going to just want to jump into cold water on your first try and do it regularly. It could be too stressful for your body and I want everyone to be careful. But when, once you get to the point where you can immerse up to the neck, this thing called the turnover effect happens and your body actually becomes very warm. So when you're in a cold shower, which that's a good thing to do if you really want to do it, the turnover effect never happens because a lot, some of your body is, um, you know, not getting wet. (laughs) Some of your body is getting wet. So you never get that full immersion where your body starts making all this infrared heat and you actually become warm inside of that cold plunge. I know, I know it sounds insane, but just don't be skeptic. Um, Another study was done in Denmark with people who had treatment resistant depression and they had actually been hospitalized for it and they did cold water swimming as a treatment for depression and saw huge, huge success. So this has been studied 
um, over and over again to help people with depression. And I put another article in there by, I think by Ice Barrel, that really just talks about more of the mechanism of cold therapy and how this helps with depression, stress, and mood disorders. It can lower your anxiety levels, lower your stress levels. And there's even a um, another study that shows it can reduce bipolar disorders and those symptoms. Again, here here's something I just want to throw in, in the podcast. This podcast is definitely not medical advice. None of my podcasts are. But please, if you want to do cold therapy, go slowly with it, especially if you're female. Um, You know, I've seen a lot of women that are, they do these like Wim Hof cold therapy challenges and they're like, I'm going to do 30 cold plunges in 30 days. That's what I did. And then they lose their cycle, right? Or they stop sleeping or they're completely exhausted all day. So there's signs you can look for. In my cold therapy course, I actually go into great detail about how to spot those things how to ease slowly into cold therapy, how to, you know, how to get your body ready for it. So hello from James. So I definitely encourage anybody who wants to do cold therapy to check into that course. Again, if you're listening to this before November 30th, there's a 25% off sale on that. My biggest discount I've ever offered on my courses and it's all caps holiday sale. Okay. I actually was only going to do 20 minute podcast. Here we are 32 minutes in. So (laughs) If you're still listening, thank you. And if you're finding this information helpful, please do share it with a friend or family member, anybody who you think could benefit from it. I, As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I'm extremely passionate on this topic because, yeah, the weight loss thing is sexy, right? Everyone wants to lose the weight. Everyone wants to look good. But when you have struggled with mental health, when you, when you have had that dark cloud and that heaviness on your body that mental health disorders bring and you get relief from it, you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm a different person. I, I'm happy. Like you, you know what happiness is. You feel that true happiness. You want to share it with people. So I really, really, really please beg you if this is a helpful episode for you, share this one, share the one with Dr. Chris Palmer so many great resources in there. So let's talk about red light therapy. Now, the brand that I love that I have used because it was recommended to me by Dr. Jack Cruz, Dr. Jay Montgomery, Dr. Michael Twyman, Dr. Leland Stillman, all of those guys have been guests on my podcast. I've had so many of them recommend that EMR tech device to me. So that's why I recommend it. My discount code over there, and he's running a Black Friday sale through the end of the year, is Sarah25, Sarah with an H. So if you listen to this and you want to grab one of those, go ahead and use that discount code through the end of 2022. But the science on red light therapy and depression anxiety is is pretty cool. Um, And I'm going to put a ton of studies down in the show notes for you. So there have been studies that show just four minutes of treatment to, you know, specific sides of the forehead show depression and anxiety relief in as little as two weeks. I'm also going to put, let me make a note of this, the BioLite. Um, I did an excellent episode with Dr. Mike Belkowski, who, if you want to learn more about red light, He has an amazing podcast, so he just dives into all these different topics every week on his podcast and brings on really great guests. I love Dr. Belkowski. He has an ebook where he can actually give you specific treatment protocols because a lot of these studies, like this first study I just mentioned, is like we did it for four minutes, 
to the left side of the forehead and then the right side of the forehead, um, you know, once a week. So some of these treatment protocols for depression that he has these outlined in his book and he will have all of these studies in his book. So if you're looking to get some depression relief, um, and you want to be specific about it, you want to be nerdy about it, I would check into some of these studies. But there have been studies done on uh, major depressive disorder. There have been studies done uh, that have shown help with bipolar disorder. There's so, there's so many amazing different studies. And again, I'm going to link them down in the show notes for you guys. And I highly recommend if you are interested in just like being nerdy and geeky. Like I, I've gotten the benefits of red light therapy without reading (laughs) and doing any specific protocols as I've done red light therapy for the last year and a half. I've gotten a little bit more like, you know, targeted here, targeted here, like methodical about it. And I don't do it every single day. It's one of those things you don't want to do every day. You probably want to hit four to five days a week. And then again, you can look at that BioLite uh, ebook get real specific on specific areas. Like say you have a thyroid issue and you want to do some red light to support your thyroid. Dr. Mike in that book is going to have specific, you know, protocols for the thyroid, but there are specific protocols in his ebook for depression and for anxiety, for insomnia. So again, there's just a ridiculous amount of science now on red light therapy. Why is that? (laughs) Why don't we have more studies on how our body makes, you know, subcellular melatonin, which I will do an episode on that soon. As as, as more that I talk through this episode, I'm like, I need to do a melatonin episode. (laughs) Um, But our body is making that subcellular melatonin through sunlight that cleans up reactive oxygen species, that helps us have that cell turnover, all those amazing things. Why don't we have more studies on that? And we have all these studies on red light therapy. Let's be honest about it. There are people that want to make money on red light therapy. Okay. So they're going to put money into it because there's money in making red light therapy devices. This, this whole red light thing is going to explode. Mark my words in the next 10 years, there are already dentists that are using it in practice. There are already hospitals that use it on patients as a recovery after surgery. So it's already being used in the medical world. So mark my words, this is going to explode in the next 10 years. But if you're somebody who wants another thing to add to your toolbox, for depression and anxiety, then I would highly recommend some red light therapy. And if you want to be real targeted about it, get that ebook. Me, I never really got the ebook. I have been doing red light therapy for a year and a half. Um, I just sit in front of my panel, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it, it feels good. It feels warm. And it, I do notice that I have this huge boost in my mood and I just feel so much better because I know that mechanism of increasing mitochondrial function. And I'll close soon here. You know, one of the things that Dr. Chris Palmer really emphasizes in his book over and over again is that mental health is an issue with your mitochondria, believe it or not. It is a mitochondrial issue. So the more things that we can do to support the mitochondria, the better chances we're going to have with improving our mental health. So my top things for improving mental health. All of these things are incredibly tied to your mitochondrial health. Your circadian health is incredibly tied to mitochondrial health. Seeing artificial light at night, the absence of artificial light at night, again, so your body creates all that melatonin, you get all that amazing, beautiful cell turnover, mitochondrial health, right? The food that we eat, it has information about our environment, okay? It's mitochondrial health. 
the cold therapy, a million studies on cold therapy and mitochondrial health, not a million, but there are a lot of studies that show cold therapy increases your mitochondrial health and red light therapy. That one has a ton of studies that show a boost in mitochondrial health and function when utilizing red light therapy. So that is my list. And I hope that this was really helpful, really comprehensive. Mr. James here is is beginning to stir and wake. So I'm going to close this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please head on over to Apple or Spotify. Leave me that review and share it with your friends, with your family. Again, if there's any course of mine that you want to take, all of my courses are built around improving your mitochondrial function. That is the root of every course I teach, even the shorter webinars. They're all built around mitochondrial health then use that code holiday sale in all caps to get 25% off. Thank you again for listening to today's episode. I hope that you found it helpful and I will talk with you again very soon.